This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Paul Limig, our Green and Gold Analyst, joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Paul, how you doing today, man, the day after? Good, man. It was a good game. You know, it's good entertainment. So I have no complaints for sure. I sat down, and don't get me wrong, I mean, we're always working. You never do sports again once you get in this business the same, but... Yeah. I really tried to just enjoy the game and look at it as a fan and not overly analytically last night. Um, yeah. and, and the questions pour in is, well, the Packers beat the Chiefs. The Chiefs beat the 49ers. The 49ers beat the hell out of the Packers. What did the Packers do wrong? And okay. I, I got to tell you, I sat down and really tried to to enjoy it, but I kept coming back to the middle, the the, the, the trenches. They they won in the trenches. Uh, you know, Chris Jones had a big – I mean, if, if, if Chris Jones didn't get at least one vote for MVP – I would have been embarrassed uh, because yeah. he knocked down three Jimmy Garoppolo passes. That guy's got some big arms, man. Naughty had one. Frank Clark had had one. I mean, those guys in the trenches, uh, defensively speaking, is to me re- what really won that ball game. Yeah, it was, and I, and I think one of those connections um, really was a, a, a dual Packer representation, which was Mike Pinnell. I mean, you want to talk about former Packers who probably yep. could have helped your run defense. Mike Pinnell had the you know one of the key plays defensively because it led to the Rashad Breland interception. Right, that you know, was kind of a a dual Packers connection there. But you're right, Bill. I think it, you know I tried also to not think like you know how do the, how would the Packers have looked in this situation? What would they have been able to do this differently? Or and I I I truly believe that the two teams that played last night were the two best teams in the NFL this year. I know the Baltimore Ravens just ran over people in the regular season. They certainly didn't look playoff ready, you know, when they got beaten up pretty badly in the divisional round. Um, and I know the Packers were, you know, the two seed and had a really good year, but it, they, it seemed like I was watching the two best teams in the league last night. So that's that's really the starter. If you can start to say like, where where do the Packers not look as good as maybe is what those two teams do, and how much work really needs to be done. Um, you know, I, I think some of the stuff you saw early on with Debo Samuel I thought was really inventive, and I think as, you know, because LaFleur comes from the Shanahan tree, you know, I think what we probably didn't talk enough about, and LaFleur brought it up at his year-end press conference, was how much more you can get to when you're in year two of your implementation of your system. Do you know what I mean? So are you going to start to see more of the more advanced stuff that you saw with Shanahan, not just last night, but throughout the playoffs, are you going to start to see that more in Green Bay now as LaFleur gets year two in the system with his guys? Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was a good game overall, Bill. I do just try to sit there and say this is a unique night. Let's just enjoy, you know, the best teams playing in the sport on this huge stage where everything is an ad and everything is bigger and halftime is longer. And, every you know, it's just it's an epic event aside from just being a football game. And for the most part, I try to digest it that way and enjoy it that way, but – it's hard to not think, like, okay, how does this relate to what the Packers do, for sure. Right. Um, the other aspect of this that I wanted to know is uh, we try to compare whether or not the Packers could have got a win and this and that. I, you know, Paul, I think all week long we kept saying how far away the Packers are. 
I think the consensus is probably five guys. Another wide receiver, a tight end, yep. Yep. M- maybe a middle linebacker, and then beef yep. up front. You know, um, And then you can obviously go with depth in the secondary. But I think that's where, to me, all of this starts. So the question that I asked numerous down there, and I'll, I'll talk to you about, is, you know, I mean, I know Brian Gutekinds has his work cut out for him. He's got to bring some guys back, and that's assuming you solidify the right tackle position by bringing back Brian Balaga or you have his Correct. replacement. Um, but even Zadaria Smith just said, look, guys weren't ready, and I know what he was trying to say, that you know they had some guys that just either didn't study as hard, didn't didn't pay attention as much, but also he talked about physicality. I I think it's probably two or three guys defensively and, and two or three guys offensively, and then we're talking about this team probably being right back there, right? Yeah, I, I... I mean, I don't want to harp and make too much of this conversation about Mike Pinnell and Bashad Breeland, but it, it's, it's funny, though, sometimes that when you have the right guys in the right spots in the right moments, I mean, those are two Packers cast-offs, right? Yeah. So it, it's just, and now they're, like, being huge playmakers in the Super Bowl, and you're saying, like, well, you know, all these pieces the Packers have to add. I mean, sometimes it's about trying to make sure that Montrevious Adams can become Mike Pinnell. Maybe he can't, right? But, I mean, you're talking about a third-round pick in Montrevious Adams, so development of your current pieces is more likely to yield the results that you want quickly, you know, in, in, in a matter of one offseason. Like, sometimes, like, and I think the challenge with that is, if the Packers were ready and able to spend the amount of money this offseason and for agency that they did last offseason, you can patch a lot of holes very quickly. It, you can go get and fix outside linebacker with Zedarius and Preston Smith. You can fix one of your two safety spots in free agency with Agent Amos and then draft the other and throw it off Savage. But what Brian Gudikin said is, you know, they're not going to be able, they don't have the type of flexibility cap wise this offseason that they did last. So you can patch fewer holes quickly overnight by, you know, in free agency. And that's where you start to say, well, okay, what young players just absolutely are paramount in their development to helping the Packers turn the corner? And I think that's what's hard. It's Montrevis Adams. Three years ago, third round pick, or you know, if that gets figured out, you maybe you have better beef and better stability up front. But that hasn't happened yet. Two years ago, Oren Burks, third round pick. You, they didn't do that to like have this guy be a special teams and a backup to Blake Martinez, and to have BJ Goodson come in and take his spot. They did that because he was supposed to be, you know, a guy, if not the guy, in that middle linebacker spot. But you know, what has he done two years in? So when you have, you start to look at these picks. You know, in recent years, that you know, still have room to develop, and because again, Bashad Breeland's been around the league, Mike Pinnell's been around the league. Like it's it's guys that are sometimes like ah, they're, they're never going to develop. Yeah, you know, I haven't seen anything after two years, man. I haven't seen anything after three years. I'm starting to give up on this guy. That if the development is still there and you don't give up on them, can often become players. So, but to your broader question, wide receiver or two, absolutely imperative. Tight end, absolutely a must. Um, middle linebacker, I know you said probably or maybe. I mean, that is a must uh, for me. And then I think what Brian Gutekind said about, you know, in his, post, in his postseason press conference in regard to speed being needed in today's NFL there, and he said absolutely, that's not the Blake Martinez or the Oren Burks right. calling card. So they, they need to get faster middle linebacker. And then, yes, they need to get better up front. I think the question is, do you believe that Lancaster can be that much better, that Dean Lowry can be that much better, that Montrevious Adams can be that much better, or do you need to go hit that position hard in free agency so that's not just Kenny Clark and a bunch of you know below-average players? So we're definitely on the same page in terms of list and probably number of needed guys to 
to make this team, this Packers team, get on the same level with what we saw last night in the Super Bowl, Kansas City, and San Francisco. You know, uh, one of the other things that I thought was interesting was the analytics when we had all the people from Pro Football Focus on who said, look, Blake Martinez, one year he's extremely good at the run, he's stuffing the hole, and he's been concentrating on that. The next year he's been better at the pass. He's never been able to put it all together. Um, and and if you can get him back at a cheap price, yes. But the analytics are out there. What do you think? Do you have a guesstimation? What do you think it would take to retain Blake Martinez as a solid guy, but maybe sure. not as your main guy? Well, let me say this about Pro Football Focus and Blake Martinez. I, I you know, when pro, when pro Football Focus before the NFC and AFC Championship games put out their starting lineups, and then they put the grade the numerical grade on each starting player on offense and defense for all four AFC and, champ- and NFC championship game teams, you know, I had a few people send me the Packers one and say, Blake Martinez is the worst-rated Packers defensive starter. Some people, I think, were, like, you know, agreeing with that, and I think some people thought, well, how can you lead the team in tackles and be the worst-rated player? The analytics are not kind to Blake Martinez in any way, shape, or form, um, I would say from an eye test perspective, you know, I think he's at the probably plateaued. I just don't know. I know I was just talking about development and how you shouldn't give up on guys. I just don't know how much else is there. He, he's not just going to suddenly become faster, quicker, um, you know, and all those things that would lead to him being better in coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, man, if because because Burks is still there, and Martinez, I, I, I think Martinez, Bill, seemed, you know, resigned to the fact, at, you know, as he cried at his locker in San Francisco, you know, a couple weeks ago, I don't think he thinks he's coming back. So, so I, you know, if that's the vibe from the player where he's kind of like, man, I, you know, I, and I'm paraphrasing him, it felt like he was saying, I can't believe I just played my last game as a Packer. Right. He could come back, sure. And, you know, Bill, $3 million for a year? Yeah, Sure. You know, he's a dependable guy. He can be your play caller in the huddle sometimes. But I think if if, if they bring back the same group um, in the middle of the field next year that they did this year, it's, the same problems will be there. So I, I think you could bring him back. You know, $3 million bucks isn't going to hurt you too bad on the cap for a year or two. But I think you should still be looking to get better there. And I would be shocked if uh, Brian Gutekinds doesn't have that you know, maybe even as his one B goal, and one A being wide receiver and tight end, and you know, pass catchers, playmakers. But I, I think he seems pretty convinced, Gudikins, that is, that speed in the middle of the field, and obviously that starts with you know inside linebacker, is a, a key priority in terms of fixing this team and getting them, uh, you know, better on the defensive side of the ball for sure. Paul, always good, always a pleasure, and we will chat again later. Okay. All right, Bill. Sounds good. Thanks, Thanks Bill. Talk to you soon. There you go. Paul Limick, our Green Gold Analyst, joining us for a couple of minutes on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard, they treat you fair. 80-plus years they've been getting it done. Long, long time. Good sponsor of the program. Thanks to them as well. Go to 844-PRIDE to go to schneiderjobs.com. That is 844-PRIDE to go to schneiderjobs.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.